You're listening to Ready to Real Estate, a TREB podcast. Hear stories, uncover insights, and tune into interviews on key issues that impact realtors and all of us. Join us as we discover how people, properties, and communities all come together to build the future of real estate. Hi, everyone. It's Lisa Patel, the president of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, and I'm back for another episode of Ready to Real Estate. It's National Volunteer Month, and the theme is the value of one, the power of many. And it's something that definitely shines through at TREB. Last year alone, we reached a fundraising record of $1 million that helps support over 100 shelter-based charities and food banks across the GTA. So this month, we celebrate all the great work our members do that goes well beyond the call of real estate. And today I'm with, well, I describe him as the nicest human in the world. <laughs> and you could already hear his voice in the background. Uh, please join me welcoming Bruce Johnson. Hello, Bruce. Thank you, Lisa. What a sweet intro. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really honored to be here with you. Well, let's give everybody a little background. I mean, I call you the nicest human, but um, you are a fellow realtor in Wasega Beach. And of course, I will never forget the day, the recipient of NARS Good Neighbor Award and a strong advocate in giving back to children's hospitals. You know, I mean, as anyone who does a lot of fundraising will, will immediately say, you deflect it to the people who help you, right? So it's our foundation that we work for and it's the people who get us to where we, where we are. So um, I could equally say the same about you, my dear. You are, you are one of the most remarkable people I know. You could be sitting in my chair right now, just so people out there realize who you are and what you've done, right? It's, it's really important that they understand that you are a remarkably given human being, Lisa. I didn't mean to flip it around you, but I just wanted to say Oh my that. gosh, Bruce, you're going to make me tear up today. Well, you are. You're, you're a remarkable <laughs> person and, and your giving heart is incredible. And that's, that's why I think you leading Treb into the 100th anniversary, like what, a, there's no better person to do what you've just accomplished. And you know what, and that's actually another point to rem- you just brought up is, and Bruce gave us an inspiring speech for the 100 years. So if you missed it, you get to hear it today because he's going to share his inspiring story of how a tragic event became the motivation to make a, a difference in hundreds of lives. So Bruce, do you want to take us down that road? Like give us a synopsis of, you know, where it all started. Where did that come from? I will. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny. You never know what's going to come up when you start talking about our story. And it, it, I'm sure I've got a lot of friends watching this and they're going to they're like, oh, going to cry. It's just, it's such a, it's, it's a, it's a very, very emotional tale to get to this point. So I'll just unpack it as we go. <clears throat> so in, in uh, 1997, I began my real estate career here in Mosaga Beach. And my sister, Marilyn's my broker, Marilyn Rattan. And as I was signing all my agent papers, she pushed one last piece of paper across the table and said, here, sign this too. And I said, what's that? She said, you're going to be a miracle agent. So the company I work for, the brand, they support the Children's Miracle Network hospitals across North America. There's 170 hospitals in this network, including Sick Kids in Toronto, which you all know about. We have one of the most remarkable children's hospitals on the planet, right here in Toronto. So we're very fortunate. So I, I looked at her, I said, what's a miracle agent? She told me, well, every time you sell a home, you're going to donate a portion of your, your, of your commission to Sick Kids Hospital, CMN. And that, that's great. And then I said, what's a children's hospital? Because I'd, I'd never, I was 30, I think I was 33 years old and I never had any experience. 
and and that's something I talk a lot about when I'm when I'm giving talks to groups of people. I say I was 33 and didn't know these hospitals existed. So that's part of my mission now is to make people understand from very early age in their careers that the, these hospitals exist for the children who live in the communities that we serve. So I was very, very grateful that Mary and I were already supporting CMN hospitals because a year later we had our, our first child, Alyssa Ray. She was born in Toronto and uh, she lived for six, uh, 20 days, pardon me, she lived for 20 days and she passed away at Sickett's Hospital in our arms in the NICU. She had some things that she really couldn't overcome and it was, I mean, the, the only way I can describe it is the earth stopped spinning. It just stopped spinning. And so we had Holly about two years later, we had Jocelyn. So we've got two, two daughters. So I always tell people we have three, but they grew up knowing about Alyssa Ray. They knew like we had plates with her name and her photos and everything else. They grew up knowing they had an older sister. So both Holly and Jocelyn have also been through sick kids. Holly for many, many eye surgeries. Uh, so we, we've come to to really, really love, love this hospital and the people who are in it. They're, <laughs> I often think that a lot of them would do it for free. I don't want them to hear that, but I, th that's the passion that they have. Children's hospitals are a different league. It's a different level than a regular hospital. If you've ever visited a children's hospital, you'll understand what I'm talking about. There's children with cancer having races down the hallway in wheelchairs and giggling and laughing and being chased by a nurse with a clown nose. You don't see that in a normal hospital in Kitchener or Waterloo or children's hospitals exist for one reason to make children get better. So Holly asked me when she was 10 years old, she said, dad, when I'm 12, can we take a motorcycle trip? Like so randomly out of the blue. And I said, absolutely. Where do you want to go? And she looked at me and said, I want to go to Costa Rica. I mean, that's not a normal thing, right? So we had, we had a, a, a home that we had there at the time. She wanted to go from our driveway in Mosaga beach to our drive room in, in Costa Rica. And so I said, let's put a pin in that and maybe in a year or two, we'll, we'll try to do that. And then in uh, 2013, in May, Holly had to have a significant eye surgery at SickKids. So we were there and there's, there's certain parts of the hospital I do not enjoy being in just because it's, it brings back a lot of painful memories. The, the parent waiting room is one of them. It's, you watch your child's name in a code come down the board and then they say when they're in recovery and when you can go to, to see them. And it's just a terrible, I mean, it's a beautiful place, but it's, a, it's, a, it's filled with memories for me. So I found myself standing in front of the NICU room where Alyssa passed away and a nurse walked by and I was crying. I just, I don't even remember getting to the room, but this was the cathartic moment that started this whole journey. And she said, I remember your daughter after I told her about Alyssa Ray, because Alyssa had a very, very, very rare condition. So she said, would you like to go back in the room where she, where she passed away in her arms? And I said, not a chance, not a chance. I don't think I'm capable of taking the five steps to go in that door. And so she said, I think it'd be good for you. So I went in and I stood there and Holly's in recovery down, downstairs. And it just, I just had this amazingly, all I can say, it was a catharsis of, of electricity hit me that we, we're not doing enough, we need to do more. So I, I left the room, I thanked her, and I left the room and I walked down to the recovery area and there was Holly kind of slowly waking up. And I said to Mary and Holly a little later, you know, Holly, the trip that we're talking about doing this, this year, why don't we make it a fundraising journey for CMN, for the hospital, for sick kids and all the other hospitals and all the other kids. And she loved it. She was 12 years old by this point. And that was the birth of Motorcycle Miracles, that, that moment. 
you know, there's a couple things that stood out to me in that story. And I, I think I could hear that story a million times. Um, did you ever like realize that in some ways, when when your broker told you about, you know, that whole miracle network and that you were, your donations going there, that the, everything aligned with it, like intuitively, it was almost like, you know, what do you call it? Source, the gods, the universe, whatever it was, was already giving you something. I don't know if you picked that up on, but that's what I get right away. Like there was that in some ways, like it's a, a guide in disguise giving you information about something about your passage that's about to take place and that you wouldn't even know until it, it's unfolded on its own. And then having, you know, the courage um, to, to even go back to that room and that experience and, and, you know, intuitively also being guided to that you have to do more, that this had to be a, a bigger mission and, and to help so many more. It is incredible. Like I, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it and I, and I could hear it in your in your voice too. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean that, that's a weighted room for me. That's this the I mean literally the world stopped moving and and it was weird when when we went outside later that day if I heard someone talking this before cell phones or anything else but if I heard two people talking and someone laughed the rage that would rise in you it didn't make sense that there could be any happiness left in the world that the world shouldn't just be drained of every drop of happiness because my daughter just passed away in this institution. How can there be happiness and joy? And that's what we, we I've spent a lot of time in the past, I guess it'd be uh, 23 years now, my God, 23 years ago, um, talking to parents who've lost children and talking to parents who are going through similar things. And it's, it's, it's given us, I, I think part of the purpose of what we do is just that, it's just that. In fact, I had a talk with a woman about five weeks ago who had just lost her baby girl and sick kids in, in Toronto. And, you know, if we if we can help through our journey, somebody else get through theirs, It's that's part of the gift of Alyssa. Alyssa's given us so many gifts in her very, very short life here. I mean, she's on the wall of sick kids. She has she has a foundation that's got over $500,000 raised in it. Like she's, it, it, it's meant a lot. I promised her before she passed away, it might sound silly to some people, but I promised my 20 day old daughter, we'd never forget her, we never will. So everything we do on these trips, she's in my head, she's in my helmet all the time, all the time. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful that Holly and Jocelyn, my, my younger daughters have have her in their hearts as well. They, they know there's three sisters, not two. So yeah. It, Bruce, that's so touching, oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you never uh, you know, know what, what I, wanna, I wanna expand on that though, because there is a part that we have to take from this is that, I mean, this vision and this mission that you took um, to expand uh this whole aspect of like how did you expand it from costa rica like i mean that was i mean you, you know you took one daughter's vision and said okay we're going to do this and how did you expand that this is this is the part that i'm really excited to be to be here for to share this part with people because people need to understand that we had no plan i i had ridden to costa rica a few times my motorcycle before so the part of the travel part didn't scare me at all i wasn't worried about safety other than parts of northern mexico but the 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 part that really frightened me was our fundraising goal was twenty five thousand dollars. we told sick kids before we left on november 4th 19 uh, 2013 we said we're going to raise twenty five thousand dollars, and off we went we're terrified because that's a big number and we'd never done anything like this other than just every year giving a little bit from our commissions Alyssa woke something up in me when i went back in that room in 2013 something something awakened in me that that had been dormant. And I think it just took that long 
you don't ever get over something like that. But it took that long for for Alyssa to bubble to the surface. To and I, again, I don't want to sound it's not religious. It's not. I just believe in energy in the universe. Something happened in that room that that allowed us to to finally break whatever chains we had on and do this on a bigger scale. And the first trip for twenty five thousand dollars, we would Holly and I would literally be riding along. We'd look for for other fellow offices that we'd stop in. We'd go in and we'd kind of tap dance for twenty minutes and explain to the agents what we were doing. And then like three of them would don't like it was nobody knew what we were doing. And I had this flag that people would sign. But it it this is what's important for people to understand who are who are not fundraising or, or volunteering now. It doesn't just happen. You've got to put a little bit of effort in. But as we rode further south, people got on board and people started following the journey. And people think, you know, what's this 12-year-old kid doing in the back of her dad's bike in Nicaragua? Like, wow, this is this is a crazy trip. Do you see this trip? It's crazy. That's the kind of thing that happened. So by the time we got back to our, our international convention in Las Vegas, we'd raised, I think we'd just hit the $25,000 mark. So the sense of relief that we'd made it was so overwhelming. And then we sold the flag at an auction for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals in Las Vegas. It's here in my house, actually. It sold for $30,000 in, in 12 minutes. So in 12 minutes, this, is the, this, was the, this was the switch that got thrown. In 12 minutes, we raised more money then five months of absolutely insane motorcycle riding and danger, like it's the things that happened along the way. And I flew Holly home from Costa Rica and I came back by myself. She had to get back for school, but yeah, the, like, so it made us realize, okay, there's a way to do this, that we can raise a lot more money, reach a lot more people and, and have everything in place before we go. So that's to, to answer your original question here. That's how we've morphed this we started reaching out to champion agents. So I reach out to, to mostly to friends of mine, agents all across Canada and, and the States. And the, the second trip we did was across Canada. We went from the furthest Eastern point, stopped at the Children's Hospital in Newfoundland, and then wound up in Victoria, where we, we, you know, we visited the Vancouver Children's Hospital and then went to the island. And that trip, it was all sponsored by agents, not the trip itself. We pay every dime. This is what we always have to tell people. We pay every dime of the travel everything comes out of our pocket. The Johnson family pays for food and lodging and everything else, <clears throat> which is why it's so, we're so grateful when families host us because every donation that comes in is electronic. They just upload it to the site and it goes into sick kids system or, or CMN system. We don't and I guess that I want to add, touch on that. So, yeah. you know, the fact that you mentioned, um, you know, community of realtors that mm -hmm. have helped supported this along the way. I mean, that, that speaks of the generosity of, of real, our, our realtor spirit. Right, that that we totally believe in not only in one another, um, but we believe in causes and community, and yep. and this is a, one of those senses that brings people together on on a whole different level, and um, I mean you even expanded this to the Arctic, right? I believe and and Argentina, uh, wow. Yeah. So the 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 part you're talking about there, the passion attracts people. And again, if you're going to start something with volunteering or fundraising on your own, folks, believe me, if people see passion, that's what they, that's what made people start following the journey and, and supporting the journey. They would see us sleeping on the side of the road, sleeping on a couch, sleeping in someone's garage, wherever we could find a place to sleep. Because again, it's, it's a long trip, five months, a long time away from my business, long time away from my, my youngest daughter, my wife. It's a large commitment, but the passion involved in the trip, people could see that. And I recognize it in other people who volunteer at, at a, a large level, some of the people have won the, the, the Realtors Care Award and the Spirit Award here in Ontario, the, the NAR uh, Good Neighbor Award. There's some incredible stories. 
And that's what people respond to, the story. So if you can tell your story in a passionate way, people will remember it forever. If you try to teach people how to do something, they'll remember it for a little bit, you know. But if you if you touch people's hearts with a story, they're in, they're all in 100 percent It always goes back to that old saying, it's not about it's it's how you make them feel, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the that, third journey, you're asking about the Argentina trip. So I thought I was done. I thought we were done. We'd raised, I think at that point, about three hundred thousand dollars after the second trip, the two trips combined. And I was very happy to tour around and try to inspire other offices to, to join the Miracle Network and, and to, to be Miracle Agents. And then Holly asked me out of the blue in grade 11, dad, what about one more trip? And she's a clever kid. Well, she's 28. She's a very, very bright young woman, but very at 17, she, she asked me, dad, can we do one more trip? We've got an idea. And it was a trip I'd always wanted to do on a motorcycle. I'd done the journey with my wife in 1993. We, we pedaled our bicycles from the Arctic ocean to Argentina. And Holly would heard about this trip as she grew up. I wouldn't ever do the trip again. <laughs> it was really hard. But she'd heard about this journey and she said, Dad, why don't we ride from the furthest northern port point in North America to the furthest southern point in Argentina? I said, that's the bicycle trip. She goes, yeah, that's, let's, that'd be amazing. So that was Holly's initiative. That entire trip was Holly's idea. There wouldn't have been a third trip without Holly pushing me because the, the trips are exhausting. They take a lot of energy out of me. I'm, I'm riding. She's in the back. It's hard for her too. So we planned one final journey and we reached out uh, again. We had champion agents and this time it was $2,000 minimum to become a champion agent, to join the journey. We raised $107,000 in the first day just by, wow. just by me emailing a bunch of friends saying, Hey, what, what do you think of this idea? By the end of the journey, we had 100 champion agents. We raised over $200,000 just by agents jumping on board. And then I think we're well over $400,000 raised on the third journey, just because corporations jumped in. And, and so it grew, it grew organically. It grew with video, using video and sharing the trip. The more we put people on the motorcycle with us, the more they shared the rain and the cold and the, the bear attack, which I'm sure you saw in the video, like not attack, but very, very close. Those events made people want to tune in every day. You know, when we finished the trip, I had a lot of friends say, dude, I'm, what do I do in the mornings now? Where's Bruce? I would tune in every day to see where Holly is and where are you guys? But so you became like the where's Waldo. Exactly. Of the <laughs> <Yeah>. world. <laughs> so, so that worked for us. So our fundraising journey morphed into something that works really well for our family to reach the people that we need to reach to raise the money we want to raise so we can raise awareness for the children's world. The, the, the top of my pyramid really for the CMN, the hospitals and sick kids is raising awareness because the funds in reality I'm a very, very, like what we do compared to, uh, you know, Nike making a donation of a million dollars. There was a family in Toronto that donated a hundred million dollars. So that the, the money helps, believe me, it helps. Every dollar helps. But the awareness that we can raise for these children's hospitals as we ride, and we would visit children's hospitals in other countries too, and go through them. And it's just, it, it becomes a really interesting journey to follow. You know, Bruce, you touched on something. So awareness is close to my heart. It's something that I, that, that it's a mantra that I speak. And in, in fact, it was one of the speeches that I gave recently uh, to the Buzz Conference is, you know, without um, our senses, everything else is nothing without awareness. Right. Um, so the fact that you even bring up the, the awareness, even in the spirit of giving and volunteering and, and raising goals um, and would, and, and of course I want to touch on a couple of things. First off, you have to tell us, are, 
just, you know, knowing that you've done a couple of different things prior to getting into the whole fundraising aspect, would you say you're an adventure junkie? <laughs> or were? <laughs> I know, need to tried, clarify that. <laughs> we've tried to blend our lives so we could raise the kids in, in a stable environment, but also expose them to really fun, adventurous stuff. We don't want the girls to be afraid of the world. It's a big passion of mine that people aren't afraid. On that three-year bicycle journey with my wife, we, we were just friends at the time. We hadn't really even known each other very long. We spent probably three to 400 nights with families on the side of the road. We would just pedal along, stop, look for a place to sleep, covered in road dirt from the whole day, riding seven, eight hours a day. And we would knock on a door and we'd ask the family, is it safe to camp in your yard? We stayed with some of the poorest humans I could possibly ever, ever meet. And we stayed with some extremely wealthy families. And the common thread through everybody was family. Amazing. From the Arctic all the way down. So we wanted our girls not to have a fear of the world. And that's part of volunteering and giving back too, right? It's, it's, it's having, having people respond to humans of all kinds, all shapes, all races, everything. It's giving back to your community. Giving so back. That's, how, that's really how the world evolves, right? It's all that love, that, it that is. true unconditional human love that, that just goes around. I'll say and it that's is. amazing. All yeah. the journeys that, that I've done in my life prior to starting the fundraising journeys, deeply pale and i'm going to say that i'm going to look right in the camera deeply pale compared to the journeys we've done since for someone else it's the most fulfilling thing i've ever done i can't speak for the rest of the family but it's the most fulfilling thing i will ever do is raising funds and awareness for these children's hospitals and that my wish for everyone watching this and again i'm staring right into your souls the my greatest wish is that you find something that you're passionate about that you can give some energy and love to it will it will change your life it'll change Ooh, your life. ladies oh. and gentlemen that's bruce johnson for you okay <laughs> taking that energy taking that love keep sharing it but bruce we have a we have a big question that's in the back of our minds right now and that is so what is next where is the motorcycle <laughs> for miracles headed uh, uh, get, and what's next for you i get asked that so many times <laughs> this is the model of miracle this is the bike that holly and i lived on we've spent over a year of our lives on the road on on the, the motorcycle and I, you know, I don't think, I didn't think even months ago I had anything left in me, but you'll see the large map on the wall behind me. And this is the first time I'm sharing this with anybody. I've, I've recently purchased a few new maps. I'm not gonna tell anybody because <laughs> it's such a crazy idea, but I'm hopeful that 2023 enables us to get out and, and do something again. 2022 is looking like it's gonna be very clamped down again for, for the kind of journeys that we do, but you'll be among the first to know when we announce it. But yeah, I, I do think there's one more, there's one more journey. I really do. But I've really enjoyed traveling around and talking at conventions, reaching groups of six and 700 agents and explaining, you know, here's, here's what you can do for the community. Here's what you can do for the, the Miracle Home Program, children's hospitals, uh, people experiencing homelessness, food shelter, all of these things. There's so many things in your community. There's so many people in need all the time. It doesn't have to be splashy. You don't have to leave your home for five or six months and ride a motorcycle through the deserts either. You or or let's thing. even add the simplest one. You know, and if you're walking out there somewhere, just smile. That's another oh, one. I love that. Right in yeah. somebody's day. Keep right? spreading the love. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. really important. It's really important. And just know that everybody around you, people are inherently good. You hear nothing about, I was a journalist for a number of years and our job was to find news stories and good news stories don't sell papers. So you're inundated with Fox and CNN and all these other things all the time with bad news. It, there's nothing but good news on the road. There's nothing but good news in your communities if you look for it. 
if he that's found right. Something that's a good point too. So that's where awareness comes in, and and perception, right? Because we allow ourselves to to see those things. We we're looking for those things. We become aware of those things. Yeah, and with COVID, I think a lot of us have descended a little bit into the into our our uh, I guess the, the the cave in the ground, and it, you know we're lifting our heads up and oh it's still here. We have to we have to start doing something. There's things that people can do in their communities that can help a lot. We started a care mongering group here a year ago, based on a group I saw in Toronto, and it's specifically for for people who live in this community. And it's if someone needs help walking their dog because they they couldn't get out. This is especially for last April May where, where it was quite bad. Um, but yeah, the the calls. What's nice about living in Canada, and I want everybody to understand this too. We are the most fortunate nation on planet Earth. If you don't believe me, go travel for a number of years. You'll come back and understand what I'm talking about. So in the caremongering group that we run, we've had very few people reaching out saying, I need a ride to such and such a place for an inoculation. I need a ride because there's so many social nets in place for people. We hear a lot about people falling through the social nets. It's extremely rare. We've got a lot of great nets in place. But the people who do fall through, they're, they're the ones who, who really, really need the help. So the, all these levels of, of net that we're talking about, find one that appeals to you, that you have a passion for. Share your story, get involved. Don't be afraid to, to tell people that I had a hard time with this on the first motorcycle. I hated going on the camera and, you know, hey, everybody, we, we want you to donate. You know, it, it's really hard to do that. Oh, I'm so over that now. <laughs> That's why uh, oh, you I, mean I you, don't, you didn't get branded clothing that just says donate here <laughs> <laughs> press press button donate yeah. but it's really important that you get over that you have to get get past yourself it's like agents learning how to do video most agents oh i don't want to do video i don't like how i look on camera do your clients come to see you at the office you show property yeah then they see what you look like get over it same with video for fundraising there's no more powerful tool on planet earth than this you do not need some glossy massive video my goodness, we, Holly and I would pull over the side of the road covered in, in rain and mud and everything else. And we would just turn the camera on and share. Something horrific just happened. Oh, we but, you know, I, there's also a truce to that too. You know, people want the, the real organic experience. The grit. They don't need the sugar. Yeah. They don't need the sugar coat. Yeah. Yeah, I they agree do. with you. They yeah. do. I mentored a fellow last year in, in the States who was doing a, a, a tennis marathon for Children's Miracle Network. So I was one of the NAR mentors selected to help him out. And I kept saying to him, you got to dig down because he's really composed and you know, just, it's a Southern gentleman kind of thing. And I kept saying, if, if they don't see you suffering, you know, not that people want to see you suffer, but man, when you're suffering and you're sharing it, it's, it's really, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. That's why we have no fear. We've done tent videos where it's pouring rain for two days outside the tent. Share, share that moment. It's going to reach. So in, the, in, the, in Bruce's words, speak your truth, whatever element you're in, just speak your truth. Speak and, your truth. and on that note, um, you know what, my prediction for you, I know you're thinking about one, but intuitively, I feel like there's up to three coming. So we'll see what happens <laughs> with that. Um, but that's, that is the predictions that you just heard. I want to actually turn back um, a little deeper, going back to Treb's 100 years. Um, and then there was something that really stood out in that video and that you said these words, these words of Bruce were, you get to give back to your community on a level that no other industry does. Ooh, that just gives me goosebumps. I love those words. And, um, you know, Bruce, if you can add anything to that, like, I, I know that they speak itself. 
Um, but, you know, just elaborate a little bit more. There, there's no group on planet Earth who gives back more to their community than realtors. There's, there's so many studies done on this. Realtors, there's something in our DNA that, that just empowers us to give back. We want to give back to our communities. And it's not all for self-promotion. A lot of realtors will have the billboards in town. That's fine. But also the ones who, who have the small billboards inside local arenas and on the baseball diamonds. Without those advertisements, there, there usually aren't those sports. So that's, that's giving back as well. But we also volunteer in the community for these sports, for senior centers, hosting euchre tournaments. It's so important that realtors understand that we give back on a level that no other group does. So be proud I, of that. Don't be, don't be embarrassed by that. Share, share what you do with people. You have to teach people how to give. When people go through Tim Hortons and, and they, they pay for the folks behind them and they write on Facebook, you know, I just did something today. It was kind of outside my sphere. I thought I'd share it with you. There's always one person like, well, you ruined it when you shared it. No, you didn't. You were teaching other people to do that as well. There's that awareness again. Yeah, people need to switch yeah. that button again. They, they, they have to flip that switch where it's not, if, if, if it's not about you, it's not ego. There's no ego involved what we do as a family in any way. You'll never hear me talk about Bruce Johnson, Realtor Mosaga Beach, when I'm talking on the road about the trip. It's all mm-hmm. directed to the kids. And I think because of that, people know it's true. That's, that you is know, our truth. It's funny that you said that too. I, had a, I have a girlfriend who's a realtor uh, who called me one day and said, Lise, I wanted to do something nice. So I paid for somebody's meal in, through the drive-thru, through Tim Hortons. And they wouldn't take it. <laughs> I said, it's okay you know what? He didn't get it. It's okay. You know what? You just got to keep doing it. And one day he'll get it. So that's another words of wisdom, right? Is just, even though if, if, if it's not well-received, it's okay. Yeah. You know what? It, it, it will, great. it will, once you've, you've got to continue that process. Don't just give up. Yeah. Yeah. When the gift is given, you have to release it. If you give yeah. a gift to somebody and they, and they, it's a golden shovel and they sell the shovel and eBay the next day, it's by like, it's not your issue. You gave that shovel as a gift. That's the end of that line. But it's funny that people would push that good moment of karma away. I wouldn't, how could you do that? That's a person who yeah. needs to learn a lot. And again, that goes back to learning and teaching people how to give. I was taught by my sister, Marilyn, hundred percent. If, if she wasn't so passionate about giving through our office to CMN, and I'm talking about like, she's won so many volunteer efforts, uh, so many volunteer awards for this, for this area the Queen's Diamond Jubilee medal, like Marilyn's, Marilyn's a wonder on her own. So I learned from the best. I really, I really, she's going to be embarrassed with me saying that, but it's true. Like you have to be taught to give your moment will come up and, and it, you have to seize that moment. But I know everybody's got something in them. And again, I'm not expecting people to do long motorcycle trips, but do something because you're, you're, you're missing out on a major part of your life. That's going to fill your heart hugely. And that's a good point too. Um, you just guys like, remember, you, we all have special gifts and talents mm-hmm. and look within yourselves to, to find some of those skills and talents and how you can utilize them to benefit so many more people and all of the greater good. And, and know that it will, it, it will reciprocate once you start the teaching as Bruce has showed us um, through his journey. And so, and, and even through, you know, one of the things you touched on was even small town to big towns, right? Mm-hmm. To big cities. Uh, I mean, you did this not only globally, but, you know, and thankfully to like um, across North America, um, so many wonderful realtors that uh, seen your vision, felt the passion and, and wanted to get behind this. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, which leads me to really asking you now, you know, with in-person interactions limited, how do how can we support more charities across communities? Well, there's a lot of things. I mean, one one of the things I, I talked about was the Caremongering group. That was really easy to set up, and it's a nice it's a nice forum for people to jump into. Uh, but I think because we are so limited, especially right now, what we're heading into with COVID, uh, the numbers aren't that great. We need to kind of keep to ourselves a little bit. It's, it's a good chance to, to kind of do a layup and, and look at what you'd like to do to get that ready, because this won't last forever, folks. We'll be out of COVID. It'll be behind us. It'll be a needle and we'll be done. It will. It'll get behind us just like SARS and everything else. So start thinking now. You can, you can do a lot of pre-planning. And you can reach out to organizations that you think you might want to support. Mm-hmm. People experiencing homelessness in, in, in Toronto, especially. You folks have a lot of folks on the streets. Uh, we, we have a little bit of, of people experiencing homelessness in Collingwood and Wasaga Beach here, but not on that level. So they, I know they always are looking for volunteers for that, for sure. Even during I, COVID, they need people to staff the, uh, the, the shelters. But there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, if anyone ever, ever has an idea and they think it's insane, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm, I'm, I'm always available for I'm down for any crazy idea really like I'd I'd love to help support somebody I've got my list coming tomorrow <laughs> get ready <laughs> you may not like some of them for <laughs> me now um, balloon over the, yeah. <laughs> you name it we're doing it yeah let's go um you know and it's also goes back to mindset you know you could live in a mind of fear or you can live in a mind mentality and and life of love right and if it's love then we're going to endlessly continuously give and give and give with our hearts in every way um and i can't wait to share i i made i shared it with you bruce and we i made you up as a cartoon so stay tuned for that character to come out um and then and i put that i wrote down in in that in a verse in there when that was that you know um, giving comes from the heart, you know, so guys, here's one, one thing that we want you to remember, um, as, as great humans that it always starts from the heart. So if you're going to give, give with your heart, make sure that you're passionate about it. And Bruce, what were last words of wisdom do you want to share with all of our members? Boy, I, you know, I've got a friend, Moni Nope. He lives in Northern California, I think Stockton. And he's a, he's an NAR good neighbor award winner many years before me. And Moni, this, this always stuck with me. He, he once told me that successful fundraising requires people with three things. And he's talking about gathering your tribe because you cannot do this on your own. Holly and I ride the trips on our own, but we're supported and helped and along the way with people hosting us. We've got the agents raising money behind us, but we never feel like we're alone. Moni said, attract your tribe, get your tribe and find people with three things, three things. Time, treasure, and talent. And I love that because you're going to have people, especially realtors, a lot of them don't have a lot of time. They've got treasure, which means money, or they've got talent. They've got marketing talent. They could, they could help you. Find your tribe and drill into these people because everyone you ask will have one or two of those talents. They, they will. They will have one of those, one of the three T's for sure. So time, treasure, and talent. Moni Nope. I love that. I think it's great. Just great advice for anybody trying to get started if they want to help but it'll, it'll attract so much abundance to your life. Like you were just alluding to the minute you open your heart up to the stuff, it's a faucet. It's a garden hose. It's a, it's a geyser. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. I couldn't agree more. And so let's remember those famous words of Bruce Johnson, time, treasure, talent, find your tribe and, and keep giving. Yeah. Keep, keep spreading the love. And of course, Bruce, um, actually I have to say two things. First off, for anyone that's listening, 
thank you because what you don't may what you may not realize is one of the areas that you can also start is even looking at Ontario Realtors Care Foundation and some of the charities that we have supported as realtors um, over the years and see if there's an organization on there that that speaks to you speaks to your soul and of course reach out to Bruce he's happy to chat in in different ways to expand even you know what, give him your dirty list of things that you want to do because he's going to join you on those journeys. But Bruce, I love you. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, thank you for being part of our 100 years. And of course, this whole segment on volunteering and giving back with the heart. Thank you. It's an absolute honor. Love you too. You're, you're a very <laughs> special human being. You really are. Likewise. And that is get Ready to Real Estate. Thanks for tuning in and joining us today. And stay well, stay safe. That's it for us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media and visit our website, treb.ca. That's T-R-R-E-B to find market insights and more. This has been another episode of Ready to Real Estate, and thank you for tuning in.